0: We have gotten banned from an Airbnb. Don't do that, by the way. They will find out. Um, I don't know if they had cameras or what.
1: Oh my gosh. What did Chelsea Rebecca do that got her banned from an Airbnb? The answer is coming up today on Follow Friday. But first, today's show is brought to you by Hey.com. They figured out how to make email not suck. There's no more spam, no more notification overload, no more ads. I use it for my personal email and I love it. It's beautifully designed, and now email isn't something I have to put up with. Instead, it's something I look forward to. If you want your email to not suck, then check it out at hey.com. That's H-E-Y.com. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Hey. Everyone make a way. On a Friday. The show is a buffet The folks you should know. Hey. Let's have a slide. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a show about the best people on the internet and why you should follow them. Every week I talk to the internet creators I admire most about who they follow online. These are podcasters, writers, comedians, musicians, all kinds of people, but they all have amazing taste. They will be our guides to the hidden and not-so-hidden gems of the web, the people they find fascinating who we should be following too. Today, I'm talking to Chelsea Rebecca, the co-host of the YouTube channel and podcast Dead Meat. She and her fiancé, James Janice, celebrate everything great and awful about horror movies. On a recent episode called Horror or Not, Chelsea and James talked about whether films like The Terminator, Jurassic Park, and Annihilation count as horror movies. Here's a clip.
0: I think existential horror and cosmic horror is what really now gets under my skin the me most. Me too. I think it, it really is the really is the stuff where when something, when a movie's dealing with it and it does it really well, that's where I get the most freaked out. I wonder if maybe that's because now we've both spent so much time with horror movies that like, we're beyond being scared of an image we see on screen of something scary or a movie monster.
1: You can find Dead Meat on YouTube at youtube.com slash dead meat or the podcast by searching for Dead Meat in your podcast app. But we're not really here to discuss Chelsea's work, we're here to talk about the people she follows online. If you want to follow along with us, everything we talk about today will be linked on our website, followfridaypodcast.com. Chelsea, welcome to Follow Friday.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me today. This is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: So uh, although Dead Meat has been a huge uh, success for you and James over the past couple years, I should mention that the first thing I ever saw you do online was a YouTube series that I loved called Drunk Disney you and James and your friends would watch Disney movies and take shots whenever certain things happened on screen. So before we get into your follows, I do have one question for you, which is, uh, what Disney movie is the best to watch under the influence, and what is the worst?
0: Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I mean, Fantasia is an easy answer to that for being really fun to watch under the influence. Um and also, thank you for supporting us since Drunk Disney. That's been a long time now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I think I got to go with Fantasia. It's a classic. That's, a, That's the a, best. Yeah. And then the worst I got to say is, is another, well, a handful of movies from around the same time period called the Package Films. They're not like officially called that, but they're kind of like... maybe colloquially known as the package films they basically are they're the they're the movies that right after stuff like fantasia where disney spent a ton of money on them and didn't make it all back and then boom world war ii hits uh the studios under under a budget crunch and there's this weird era of disney movies that most people have never seen like make mine music Um, trying to think of what i forget what the other big one is called but those are rough mostly because (laughs) they're a bunch of shorts like fantasia is a bunch of shorts also but they're also i mean some of like the most apex animation of all amazing animation
1: artistically genius ahead of its time and these other films are not i'm guessing
0: Yeah, they're just, they're not, like, like Fantasia I loved as a kid, and the fact that a bunch of, like, animated segments with no dialogue and just classical music as a kid is still enthralling, it says so much, but these package films are just, (laughs) they're a bunch of shorts, and they're all pretty hit or miss, they're really, and so when you're, when you're really drunk watching them, (laughs) it's like the longest movie you've ever seen in your life, it's, (laughs) it's so.
1: the, the the real C grade material there, yeah, just yeah. with the loose bits they had, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're they're tough.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, I will be sure to try Fantasia at some point, uh, maybe the drunk Disney version, and I will avoid <laughs> uh, the the package films. Perfect. So let, let's get into your your follows. It's follow Friday. Before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is someone in the category, someone you have a crush on, Uh and and you picked Patrick Wilson, who is on Twitter, at PatrickWilson73. Yeah. So his name might ring a bell for anyone who's like you and James who's into horror movies, but tell us who this is.
0: Okay, so first of all, yes, I wasn't sure if I... (laughs) Wanted, or if I was being, uh, you know, encouraged to pick maybe someone who could who could use the uh, the, the shout out in the. Twitter it's anyone phone. you want. But it's a free, Magic free range. Magic Wilson is already a very successful man. Um, he, he, I feel like if if you're not a horror fan, you would know him from he was in Phantom of the Opera, the <laughs> the one with Gerard Butler. He was Raul. Um, he's in. Oh man, I'm blanking. I just like know all of his horror movies.
1: I I looked this up because I actually have not seen the Conjuring movies or the Annabelle movies, Uh so I wasn't super familiar with like his most famous movies. But he was Night Owl in the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie,
0: and he was Uh, in Fargo season two, which is a very good season of. TV. I've heard
1: good things. I have not yet checked out the TV show, but yeah. yeah. So he, th- this guy's famous. Patrick Wilson is yes. is very yeah, yeah, famous. Yeah. So it's a perfect pick for me, actually. Even though he is famous, I ha- did have to Google him because I haven't seen okay, the famous so, movies.
0: Okay, so th- this works then because yeah. I do think that he is someone who I, I've seen more than one person on Twitter at least say, oh, where like where did Patrick Wilson go, or like what's his what's he even up to? Because I think. More broadly speaking, he was maybe most known and most popular like a decade-ish ago for stuff he was in, but he is still working like a ton, and I think the reason people don't know he's still around necessarily is he's doing a lot of horror stuff. He's like a horror king now. He's, he's yeah, in all the Conjuring movies. He was in Insidious. Um, so he's he's been mostly in and around this kind of like supernatural wave of horror movies. The mm-hmm. like kind of Blumhouse ghost movies that have a very like specific audience. I, I love them. I think they're amazing. I especially, I love the Conjuring movies and I think his work in those is so good and he's about to be directing a new movie uh, I forget, I think I know it's by Blumhouse but I forget if it's within the Conjuring universe or not but I know he is going to be directing a horror film soon and I'm so excited I think he's such a good spokesperson for the genre um, because he is just such a he just seems like such a nice guy too yeah. and I think that his his love of the genre and his embrace of it really goes to show that one people who love horror aren't all total sickos or like just weirdos like no we 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 come in all stripes and uh <laughs> we, we you know anyone who wants to come join and play in this space with us like we're into you know it's a it's a very uh broad fan base and two he, he like he embraces it so enthusiastically and he, from what I can tell, loves being in this kind of stuff. And often there's an idea that when actors reach a certain point in their career, if they end up doing horror movies, there's this, I think, incorrect perception that like, oh, their career is...
1: Mm-hmm. You know. it's a stigma like, of just oh, like, they, they this is all they can get to,
0: right like they have to be in horror movies they have to and I don't get that vibe from him at all I get a very enthusiastic creator and someone who really appreciates the the genre that he's working in.
1: Like I said, I haven't seen the Conjuring movies. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat.
0: Oh, they're terrifying.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will steal my nerves and watch them for you. <laughs> yeah. But I will say back to what you were saying about Patrick being a nice guy. So I was looking at his Twitter and I am a total sucker for this sort of thing. He's famous. He's got almost 200,000 followers, but he uses social media just like a normal dude. He's geeking out over Tampa Bay sports teams and getting mad about political stuff. He's not being creepy. He's not doing a character. He's just being himself, which I respect a lot.
0: Yeah, he has um, very dad energy, I think, yeah. on Twitter. And I, I really love it. I think it's so endearing. And I think, yeah, he's an enjoy, uh, enjoyable follow because he just seems like he's he's just really enjoying his life. And it's nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great. That was Patrick Wilson, who's on Twitter at PatrickWilson73.
0: It's Final Friday.
1: Let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone who makes you think. Mm -hmm. And you said the podcast, Eat the Rich. Eat the
0: Rich,
1: (laughs) Which describes itself as a show about late-stage capitalism and the millionaires, billionaires, and multinational corporations hellbent on staving off its death rattle. Yes. That is one hell of a tagline. Tell us about this show and why you like it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I, I adore this podcast. I found this podcast a few months ago when... You know, it's like we're, we're in the middle of election fever and I was looking for just something. I, I almost wanted like a cathartic listen, you know, and I, I think I remembered these guys guesting on another podcast I listened to. So I was like, OK, I'll check this out. And it's it's become like my favorite in that kind of like sphere of podcasting. And that sphere of podcasting is very big, like leftist podcasting is mm-hmm. huge. Um, it's almost like a, a stereotype of podcasters, I think, is they're all kind of like dirtbag left uh, <laughs> dudes who, you know, group of dudes sitting around talking about lefty stuff. But uh, right. I, I love these three. They all come from such different backgrounds when they when they discuss uh, what they discuss everywhere and, and they usually focus on either a specific person or a specific company each week and they're they're often people i have never heard of they mm-hmm. they kind of give like a it's like part history lesson part discussion um so they'll do i think some of their first episodes were about coal billionaires from West Virginia and how just like the history of that region and how these guys were able to become super duper wealthy off of coal mining and how they then leverage that now into political playing power. And they do, they do such a good job of instead of just a podcast where it's ranting about politics or being angry, well, of which there is plenty on that podcast. <laughs> and sometimes that's what you want, but they, they do such a good job of very, soberly giving you the the history and and build up to where we are now and they they i think if anyone is listening who's maybe skeptical they they're so thorough and knowledgeable in their history i think one of them is if i'm not mistaken they're they're working on a phd right now they study the alt-right they really know their their stuff
1: they tell you why you should be angry rather than just launching straight into the anger
0: Exactly. Like they give you, you know, they they give you their reasons for mm-hmm. their anger, why you should be mad. And it's I think that's it's such a valuable resource versus maybe something to listen to where, you know, you already feel a certain way. You don't you're not listening to something to be convinced. You're just pissed off and want to listen right. to people who feel similarly. But I, I think these guys uh, provide such a great service. And I, I've listened to them a ton the past couple months.
1: Yeah. This is something that's kind of a third rail for some folks, talking about politics online, right? Mm -hmm. You were dealing a lot in horror movies, which are certainly not apolitical. I was just listening to the episode of Dead Meat that you and James did about the original Godzilla from 1954. Yes. Which was very much a product of post-Hiroshima, post-Nagasaki Japan, Mm -hmm. and dealing with the fear and the uncertainty of the early nuclear age, so it's not correct to say that you are absent from politics in the stuff that you make that you're best known for. But do you often just sort of talk about our present, you know, um, like American politics or just your political feelings with people who follow you online? Do you get into it with people?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm I'm very open politically online, which is, well, uh, I think, a reason why I felt comfortable sharing this uh, this other podcast I listened to but yeah, yeah that's something I I am really open about it, it's it's so weird living in a time where that's almost expected now if, yeah. if you're a especially if you're a quote unquote influencer which James and I get <laughs> labeled often <laughs> which is a weird thing but I it's like now there's this expectation that you cannot be silent or um like ambivalent mm-hmm does not care which is such a contrast to I think back to when I was in high school you know over a decade ago I that I can't even fathom that it was weird if you were vocally political especially if you were famous and um so I I try to be really open about that stuff and yeah it comes from a place of like when we discuss horror on the podcast that's that's where we Go, because um, mm-hmm. yeah, horror is a very political genre,
1: and a lot of the time there are things that are allegorical or things that you can relate to your own life. The supernatural horror can stand in for real life horrors that people go through, right?
0: right. Exactly. And so many of these horror filmmakers who have done some of the most important, like politically fueled horror of all time, i I don't, you know, i I lean politically similar to them. And I I think, I, I think at this point, it would be harder to run the show I run if I was cagey about my own personal politics. And I don't think it would be as interesting.
1: That was Eat the Rich, which is a podcast about late stage capitalism. You can find it on Twitter at Eat the Rich Pod. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute for more follows with Chelsea Rebecca from Dead Meat. Today's show is brought to you by Hey.com, which is a giant step forward for email. One of my favorite features is the email screener. The first time a person or a company emails you, their message doesn't go into your inbox automatically. Instead, Hey asks you, should we let this person in? If you say no, then like magic, all of their future emails will get screened out. And when you do let someone in, Hey is still protecting you. They block the tracking pixels that email marketers use to tell where you were when you opened their emails. I love the personal version of Hey, and now there's Hey for Work, which offers all the same great features to businesses, plus a few extra goodies to make virtual collaboration fast and easy. Either way, do yourself a favor and visit Hey.com today. That's H E Y.com. Before we get back to Chelsea, I have some people to thank. A bunch of you rated Follow Friday on Apple Podcasts this week, including CatGo, Emily C, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and my former colleague, Walt Mossberg, who, like any good journalist, included an ethical disclosure about the fact that we knew each other after he said a bunch of nice things about me. Thank you all, Kat, Emily, Tom, and Walt. Thank you as well to Ariel for reviewing Follow Friday on CastBox and Chris for reviewing us on Podchaser. If you have 30 seconds to tell internet strangers why they should check this show out, then please visit LoveThePodcast.com slash follow Friday. Leave a review at any of the places listed there. That's Lovethepodcast.com slash Follow Friday. It's Follow Friday! Welcome back to Follow Friday. Chelsea, Rebecca, I asked you for someone who makes you laugh. And you said Nick Scardarassi who's on uh-huh. Twitter at Nick, N-I-C-K, Scardarassi, S-K-A-R-D-A-R-A-S-Y. Uh, and you told me that Nick is both a comedian and your friend. So tell us about him.
0: Yeah, so Nick is a stand-up comedian and also a writer. Um, he, I'll, I'll just do a little little plug here. He wrote an amazing screenplay that I'm working with him on. I'm I'm producing it, and it's weird right now because of COVID. But I I really really want to see this thing get made. I have such like belief in it. So uh, that's something I can't really say much else. But it's something that I Secret
1: secrets. Yeah, <laughs> we'll
0: we'll see. But um. Yeah, he is one of my very good friends, and he. Th- one of the big reasons I bring him up is he did something really cool during COVID. It was it was like a, maybe a couple months in. He, since he does stand up comedy, he recorded a stand up special at his apartment complex, like a <laughs> socially distant stand up special. But it's just such a creative way to still do that kind of <laughs> comedy and and have it be safe and it's always kind of fun too when when you, like a stand-up uh set or I think like a concert is set somewhere different or unique I, I always think of uh Pink Floyd playing at Pompeii that kind of like let's just set you know let's take this but set it somewhere weird and I, I just thought he it was such a creative um workaround to to COVID and something I I just like to think you know to focus on really nice cool creative things that have come out of you know the last year because it's been so difficult it's sometimes got to remember to focus on yeah things I like, just re- I just looked yeah. it up
1: though the name of the special is thin walls and evening with my neighbors which yes uh, yep uh-huh. but yeah that's 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 hugely creative and another thing you mentioned uh, before that we started taping is that you and Nick uh can't sit by each other in a group <laughs> why is that
0: So every year, we a big group of us, and unfortunately not this year, which was a huge bummer, but a big group of us, we we all split an Airbnb at Comic-Con. A bunch of us who go don't even go to the convention itself, but it's just become this yearly trip we all do where we cram as many of us into an Airbnb as possible. We have gotten banned from an Airbnb because (laughs) we put too many people in there, Um, which is a... Don't do that, by the way. They will find out. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they had cameras or what, but...
1: (laughs) Somehow they knew.
0: Yeah, if you think you're going to save a couple bucks by splitting, uh, by, by just splitting it among as many people as you can cram into a house, they will find out and you won't be allowed to come back to their house anymore. <laughs> We're really bummed about it because it was a great Airbnb. <laughs> but, uh, so we'll have like, you know, we we play like board games and stuff every night and like, yeah, we, you know he i don't know he's just the person like one of the people who makes me laugh the most like i can he's like the friend where if you if something happens and you look at each other in a certain way and you both just like Kill each other with laughter, and the yeah, if it's a situation, laughing. yeah, if it's a situation where we can't have any malarkey going on, yeah, Nick and I need to be separated.
1: I was looking at Nick's uh, Twitter feed before this uh, taping here, and I, I I do feel sorry for him because he recently had every Twitter comedian's worst day. He, yes. Oh
0: no. Yeah. He
1: tweeted a joke uh-huh. that a lot of people did not know was a joke, and they got very very mad at him. Oh my!
0: god. <laughs> and it's so funny because it clearly was a joke to me. It was something it was the one about Meryl Streep, right?
1: Yeah, he, he this is January 13th. He said, "Has anyone stopped to consider that maybe Meryl Streep is so good because Hollywood keeps on giving her the roles of a lifetime?" Yeah. <laughs> and cue all the Meryl Streep fans oh, telling my him, God. "You just don't understand her, dude." <laughs> that's
0: the worst that's the worst Twitter experience ever. That happened to me once. Really? It was not not quite the same thing, but I misunderstood a joke, and Paul of Tompkins, of all people, mm-hmm. made me feel really stupid about it, and it Aww. was the worst because he's like, it, it it sucks when it's the person whose reputation is that they're nice is mm-hmm. like, you're an idiot, <laughs> and you're it sucked so bad.
1: The closest thing I've ever gotten to that is ages and ages ago, I used to be a video game industry reporter. And so I was reporting on Gamergate, the early days of that, the oh s- boy, harassment that, campaign.
0: I am so sorry.
1: And and so I got I got publicly like piled on because Adam Baldwin from Firefly, the guy okay. who plays Jane on Firefly, he was, like, I guess, a super right-wing dude. I don't know. He, he sticked a bunch of his oh, fans yeah. on me. Oh, God. But I was kind of like gosh, I love Firefly, but I'm not gonna lose any sleep over this one. I, he, this guy's just not a big enough deal for me to really care. <laughs> That's
0: such a, a niche internet rite of passage, though, I think is to have Adam Baldwin get really mad at you. and <laughs>
1: Specifically Adam Baldwin?
0: Yeah, I, like because he, he's such a weird... It'd be, it's like him or like James Woods or mm, right. uh, maybe... Kirk Cameron, one of those guys getting mad at you and then all their (laughs) followers getting mad at you is a very specific, I think, kind of internet baptism. But wow, that's, wow, what a time capsule story that is that you have to tell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was Nick Scardarasi, who's on Twitter at Nick, N-I-C-K, Scardarasi, S-K-A-R-D-A-R-A-S-Y. All right, well, we have time for one more follow today. Uh, Chelsea, I asked you for someone who you don't know but want to be your friend. And you said Joe Graham, who's on Twitter at the Joanna Graham. Joanna is spelled with two N's and Graham is spelled with an H, like in Graham Cracker. Uh She's the host of two podcasts, How To Wrestling and Subcultured. So tell us about Joe and why you want her to be your friend.
0: So, yeah, so Joe is uh, her wrestling podcast with her... Partner, I forget if they're married or not. Um, her partner, Kevin, mm-hmm. my fiance James introduced me to, and we love listening to them. It's like a weird you know, how they, they say when you listen to podcasts and stuff that you form like a parasocial relationship with the right. the hosts and stuff, and that's that's so how we get you listening think they're to your friends, two. even though they don't know yes, you, yes, exactly. Yeah. It, I think because it's like they're also this couple that's around our age and they have such similar specific tastes and uh and they're politics. very passionate
1: about a specific you know form of entertainment similar yes. to you and james yeah
0: yeah and they basically their podcast how to wrestling is them doing like the history of wwe and wwf i think they they sometimes branch into other wrestling brands but the ones that I've listened to are all history about like various wrestlers and stuff. And it's such a passionately done podcast that I'm a huge, huge fan of. And yeah, I just want to be friends with her. James always jokes that she's kind of like my weird British doppelganger. Like, (laughs) I just I don't know, I feel like such a kinship in terms of like specific sense of humor and taste. And yeah,
1: Well, maybe something that will help you become friends. Are you into pro wrestling at all?
0: I I love it. I'm not as I'm not an expert by any means. I always say that I would be a very bad wrestling critic because mm-hmm. they, you know, someone like Joe and Kevin, they they know enough about it, and same with my fiance, they know, know enough about it to be able to watch it and be critical of of plot choices or. Like the the match itself and I'm just I'm I'm watching and having a great time all of it's good <laughs> you know I'm like everyone I, I, a match ends and I'm like wow everyone really tried really hard and it was really great <laughs> <I> <laughs> we, just all, like, we all
1: put in a good effort I'm good work a fan everyone of,
0: of every wrestler I think they're all amazing and uh yeah so I'm I'm not a very critical fan of it but I do enjoy it I find to a few matches we recently we did SummerSlam like oh it's over a year ago now you've been
1: you've been to live shows yeah yes
0: oh my gosh we we were almost front row at SummerSlam and it was a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) we had tickets to Wrestlemania this year and it was unfortunately canceled because of COVID but um yeah I I love like being there is is the best like watching it on tv is fun but being there is like, oh man, when I'm there, I'm like the biggest wrestling fan on the planet. Uh, They're actually, we were leaving SummerSlam and this guy who was sitting kind of like in in a higher up-ish seat, we, James and I were leaving and this guy taps us on the shoulder. He was like, hey, I just want to say I was watching you guys like half the time that I was watching the match because you two were having such a good time. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: that's adorable
0: yeah yeah so because something that's crazy is people who go see wrestling matches and sit in the front are often like hardcore wrestling fans Mm -hmm. and so it takes a lot to get them like to visibly react to stuff and meanwhile there's me and james just freaking out at every little thing we're easy to please but yeah
1: um, maybe being a wrestling critic is not in your future, but what if you were a pro wrestler yourself? What would be your character, your persona?
0: Oh my gosh! Um, I so I actually did create a wrestling version of myself in really? the WWE. I think twenty nineteen game. game. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to remember what my. Persona was. It basically so my my favorite wrestler is Shinsuke Nakamura. His persona is just that he's a rock star. I think I I would go a little bit that direction, just like rock and roll, hardcore, kind of goth like <laughs> 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 like electric guitar, entrance, fog, shooting machine. sparks, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Over the top for sure.
1: That was Joe Graham, who's on Twitter at the Joanna Graham, which has two N's in Joanna and an H in Graham. All right. Well, Chelsea, before we go, let's make sure the listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you?
0: So you can follow me at CareVec on Twitter, C-A-R-E-B-E-C-C. And uh, also Dead Meat on YouTube and, yeah, our podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. You can find me on Twitter at heyheyesj and at my email newsletter, watchthis.substack.com, where I write short, spoiler free reviews of movies and TV shows and whatever else I'm watching. Follow this show on Twitter or Instagram at Follow Friday Pod. You can find a transcript of this episode, links, pictures, and more at Follow Friday Podcast.com. Our theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodi Hermawan. Additional music by Purple Planet Music, Starfrosh, and Catherine Chang. Special thanks to our sponsor, Hey, which is making emails smarter, better, and more secure. Check it out for your personal use or for your business at hey.com. Today's show was produced by Bumblecast. You can hire us to help you start a podcast or make your existing podcast better. We work with creators of all backgrounds and experience levels. Learn more at bumblecast.fm. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday. One more time, thank you to hey.com. That's H-E-Y.com for sponsoring Follow Friday. Hey is so packed with useful features that I haven't even tried them all myself. You remember the email screening feature that I talked about earlier? Well, apparently, when you give someone your Hey email address, you can also give them a secret code. When they put that code in the subject line, they skip the screener and go straight to your inbox. So smart. It's just another way that Hey and Hey for Work are making email not suck. Check them out at Hey.com.